Hi, I'm Mary Kathleen Scott, the artist and printmaker behind Breadcrumb Studio and the voice here at Discovering Breadcrumbs, my encouragement and thoughts to begin your creative day. This is a part of the Cultivate Project, a once a month project where I explore mindsets and practices we can cultivate and nurture to bring more care to ourselves, but ultimately so that we can care for others. And for a short time, the release collection is available as an art print or as notebooks, but they're only available until April 12, 2022. After that, I'm moving on to the next month's cultivation project. Release. That is what this month is all about. Breathe in, breathe out. Let it go. How many times do you use this method when things are bothering you? Does it always work? Or do you do something else? Our breath is our very existence. It is what we come down to. So it's no wonder to me why experts suggest breathing exercises for when we're stressed, upset, or need just a moment to gather ourselves. It's no wonder meditation often focuses on the slow work of breathing. Even in athletics, breathing is important. I always found when I was coaching my athletes in track or cross country, they were much better when they were able to find a great rhythm with their breath to match that of their gait. When their breath and their gait matched, they were more relaxed and they could endure more and go further. As I run, if I become stressed, it's usually my breath that first becomes hitched. So without a doubt, the way we take in, and more importantly, the way we release our breath is vital to our well-being. In much the same way, what we take in, and more importantly, what we let go of, is also vital to our well-being. Paying attention to what we allow into our minds will often shine a light on how those things affect our mindset, our mood, and ultimately our well-being. We can often control those things we let in, like not watching the news because it causes us stress. But there are times we can't control those things. It's in these times that I think it's important to recognize how these things affect us, and then even more so, let them go or maybe hold on to them. I want to argue that there is a time to hold on to certain things. They may cause grief because there may be a lesson there and we may need to sort why we feel these things. Or it may be something we need to grieve for. But often, I also think we hold on to things that aren't serving us without realizing it sometimes. It is these things we need to release, like letting out a big breath of air, like a sigh, that will allow all those things to leave our mind and our body. These are things that no one else can tell you to hold on to or release, but it's important for you to recognize when it's okay to hold on to those and when you need to let them go. This is where last month's practice comes in where we question. We need to ask ourselves, is this worth holding on to or do I need to let it go? For example, 
Are you harboring a hurt that instead deserves forgiveness? Or releasing the hurt along with forgiveness will actually help you open up room in your mind and body for better things? Are you harboring mindsets that might be holding you back? Are you releasing them instead? Releasing them will open up your mind to a lot of different possibilities. Are you holding on tight to a mood that is holding you back? Because yes, even just a mood can hold you back. And sometimes we even just hold on to moods and we like to bathe in them. Because often, rather than fighting that mood, we would rather reach for a blankie that we want to comfort us. And often those blankies are not productive. Instead, I'd like to encourage you to find a way to fight the mood, to release it, and then move on with our purpose. I want to stop and admit, sometimes letting go is scary. That release means we have to say goodbye to something. And saying goodbye to something often leaves a hole. Even saying goodbye to a mood will leave a hole for something else to come in. One that we may not know what will fill it. That's the scary part. I'll give you a big example in my life, though. And this has nothing to do with a mood. Instead, it has to do with a decision. When we made the decision that I should quit teaching, I was super scared. Scared because it was a loss of income. However, on paper, we were losing income because I was teaching. But even more so, I was scared because it was a loss of what I thought was my purpose. And it was a loss of something I loved. And I didn't realize it until it was gone, but I held tightly to teaching as a part of my identity. This was one part in my life I probably needed a therapist because it left a huge gaping hole. But now in retrospect, I see what I gained from letting go of teaching. That gaping hole was filled by time with my daughters I'd never trade for. It was filled with opportunity to re reintroduce myself to art and to a myriad of other things. It was a time to explore. It was filled by a purpose that wasn't determined by me and an identity that was not determined by me either. And that drives me more than teaching ever did. But the bigger lesson in hindsight is I had allowed it to not only become my identity, but I had allowed it to take over my entire life. I worked all the time because I felt I owed it to my purpose to be there for those kids that I taught. And by all the time, I mean, I woke up, I woke up every morning at 5.30, I worked until 6.30 at night, and was often not home until 7 or 7.30 at night. Then I had cross-country or track meets on Saturdays, and if not, then I had practice. Sundays I worked on trying to prepare my lessons for the week and grading homework. Summers were for professional development, cross-country practices, camp, and getting ready for the next year. I put everything else to the side to work. And my lesson was sometimes when you always put something above other important things and above listening, especially listening to God, releasing that thing is like a reset. It is a breath out that allows you to breathe in something different, something more balanced. 
This year in Judaism, um, the year of 2021-2022 is the year of Shemitah, which means release. It's a Sabbath year where no one works the land. And to those of the Jewish faith, it is a test of their faith that in that release for that year, God will provide as they release. A breath out allows for a new breath in. To me, it's a beautiful process that I've started to come to know more and more. And as I release and let go, often I am greeted with something new. A breath out leads to a new breath in. If I let go of something, it leaves room for a new thing. A breath out leads to a new, fresh breath in. By breathing out and releasing my past as a teacher, as a non-art school student, as all the things I've been, it allows me to breathe in and be an artist right now. Often holding on to our past is like holding on to our breath. We can't live if we hold on to our breath. Much the same way, we can't live if we hold on to our past. Let it go and allow new breath to give us life. From Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, Remember not the events of the past, things of long ago consider not. See, I am doing something new. Think of this as an encouragement from me to release your burdens, your past, and anything not serving your well-being. But also know this, your past, your burdens, your hurts, whatever it is that you're releasing is not worthless, but instead can be used in the present or in the future as lessons, as something that pushes you forward. So breathe out what that is and breathe in something new.